Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. It's Aaron Patton here. Happy Halloween. It's about that time, guys. Halloween in the classroom is an extra special time of year. You know it is. Um, I hope all the boys and ghouls, <laughs> I always said that joke every year. Um, I hope all your students are doing well and giving you an easy time this Halloween season. <laughs> all right. From the time I am recording this intro, last night was our Fayetteville Teachers Night Out. It was so fun. All We were in Northwest Arkansas. Teachers from all over Northwest Arkansas came to the Walton Arts Center, and we had such a good evening. Oh, my goodness. It was so much fun. And then a week before, we were in Oklahoma City for our first of the year, Teachers Night Out, which... Oh my goodness, guys. Teachers Night Out events are my favorite things. They are so fun just to get to bring groups of teachers together all in the same place from different districts from all over the place and just be together and enjoy one another and you're hearing the same messages and laughing at the same things and you know teachers from your school are up on stage getting hypnotized because yes at our teachers night out this year we are having a hypnotist which is so much fun in fact Michael Mayo our hypnotist was on the podcast last week so you'll definitely have to check out that episode and then also at our Oklahoma City and Fayetteville shows was Gary Brooks. Everyone loves Gary Brooks. He's such a big hit. Um, and I'm not mispronouncing his name in case you were wondering. It is not Jerry Brooks. It is Gary Brooks. Last year we brought him, brought him to the Tulsa Teachers Night Out, our very first Teachers Night Out that we ever did. And right before the show, he had told, he had corrected us that his name is Gary. And so when we went out on stage, we were announcing him and presenting him as Gary Brooks. And the whole audience was like, oh no, oh no. And they were so uncomfortable for us because they thought we were saying the name wrong because everyone thought his name was Jerry. But we are here as educators to inform you and to educate you that his name is Gary Brooks, g -g -g Gary Brooks. So he was so awesome. Okay, it was so fun. When he entered the building, teachers went nuts. It was crazy. It was like Taylor Swift had entered the building or something because he entered the lobby where the t-shirts were selling. There was a bar. There was teachers signing in. It was just filled with lots of teachers. He enters the room and people start running for him. They are just so hungry to get them some Gary. And they did. We got so many people got to take selfies with them in pictures. It was so much fun. I loved it. I am looking forward to our next teacher's night out, which is in Tulsa, Oklahoma on November 16th. That is going to be such a great time. For that show, we are going to have the hypnotist, Michael Mayo, and we're also going to have Kim Bearden of the Ron Clark Academy. I recently started following Kim on social media, and I love her. I love her. Her social media presence is great. She's so uplifting and positive and just fun. I mean, she, you can tell she has fun with her students at the Ron Clark Academy. And so I'm so excited for her to come and part her wisdom and experience on us on 
Tuesday, no, Thursday, November 16th in Tulsa. It's going to be so much fun. Okay, let's get today to today's episode. We are talking to Pam Swan. Pam Swan is featured in our Relate and Educate book. So if you have that book, you have already gotten to read about her and you've already gotten to fall in love with her. And she is such a lovable lady. Oh my goodness. Um, guys, if you don't have the Relate and Educate book yet, you need to get it. It is so great. Your heart will thank you for it. It's so great. And holiday season's coming up. So this would be an awesome gift for current teachers, future teachers, past teachers, anyone who has a teacher heart. This book would definitely speak to their soul. So I recommend it. Okay, back to Pam, who is in the Relate and Educate book. Um, Pam is a retired teacher. She's taught many, many years, and she is now tutoring and teaching three days a week in her town. And it is such a cool program that they have in this district um, that she's participating in. And I'm excited for her to tell you guys about that and for you get to learn to get to learn about it. Pam's big thing her message, her heart that she wants to share with her students every single year is that you are lovable and you are capable. And those are such wise, empowering words to tell a kid and to mean it and to know and for a kid to know that someone means that about them, that they are lovable and they are capable. It's such a powerful message. And so that kind of just wraps Pam Swan up and just uh, in such a lovable little package herself. So I hope you enjoy this episode called Teaching with a Human Connection with Pam Swan. Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. Are y'all in different places, right? We are. Kind of. Kind of. Like I'm in I'm in Tulsa and she's in uh, Broken Arrow. So it same general location but definitely different different awesome. locations. Yeah. Yes. Well I just think what y'all doing is amazing. Aww. Well thank you. I follow thank you on you. Instagram and I just love reading all the stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> so all Aaron. Sweet. We love doing it. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's so did sweet. you Teacher. did you get your book? No, I didn't. Uh oh. I need I to get your ad- I need I to get your address. One. That's why I told okay. Aaron I would love I'd be willing to even buy one. I just I never no, got no. one. No, well, no. someone someone did. Yeah, <laughs> okay. someone got a surprise. Someone got one. But <laughs> I uh I'll get your address and then I'll get okay. you get you one sent. Yeah. I love that. It's so good. You're going to enjoy all of the stories in oh, there. Oh, I, I would mean, love reading it because I just oh, yes. I just had a student reach out to me that, well, maybe I'll tell that in the store. Are we well, go for it. it. Yeah, go for it. Tell us. Oh, uh, well, I had this student in my classroom. She's already taught 10 years in first grade. Wow. But she reached out to me probably a couple months ago and said, you know, she just really appreciated that I had taught her the most important thing was relationships. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? That's just my heart and soul of teaching. 
because I just know they're not going to always remember everything I taught them, and I probably didn't teach them exactly the way I should have and didn't <laughs> teach them everything they needed. But they know they, I tried to show them that they were important, loved, <clears throat> and that they could learn, yeah. you know. And then if they learned to read, then they could read to learn, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I love all of that. I mean, you are... And now in her story, your former student story, you're helping to impact all of her students too, the years of students. I mean, it's just like this big chain of impact. Yeah, it, yeah it's amazing. When she was seven years old, oh. you know, she would say in second grade, she'd say, I'm going to grow up and be a teacher. And I thought, that's <laughs> awesome. And now she's already, she's in Texas where I used to teach. She's already taught 10 years, first grade teacher. Oh my goodness. I mean, I've seen she, some of her stuff. She's, around. she's amazing. <laughs> That is so cool. I bet you have such pride in your heart. Well, I'm just happy, like you say, yeah. that, that there are young, caring teachers that get that part of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That get that. Relating and educating. <laughs> yes. Everybody, I wanted to take a quick second to let you know that Teacher's Night Out is coming back for 2023. And we're adding locations, too. We're going to be in Oklahoma City on October 17th at the Hewberg Chevrolet Center. And then we're gonna follow that up the next week and we're gonna be in Fayetteville at the Walton Arts Center on October 24th. And Gary Brooks is coming to do both of those shows and we're excited to see him again. But then in November, Tulsa, we're coming back with Kim Bearden, who is the co-founder of the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta. She is incredible and she's gonna be at Teacher's Night Out in the Broken Arrow PAC on November 16th. So if you want to get more information about Teachers Night Out, what it is, what we're doing, get the details on all of these events, go to relatethaneducate.com and you can check all of that out, but you can also vote on what t-shirt that we're going to make up to give to every single person who buys a ticket to Teachers Night Out this year. So go to relatethaneducate.com, check it out, and if you have any questions, please let us know. All right, well, so Pam, what was your journey to get into education? Maybe even start, what was your schooling experience like? Okay. And then what? how did that lead your journey to get into education? I would love that. Well, I didn't grow up with a family that were educators. My parents did not go to college, but I okay. wanted to go because I wanted to be a teacher. I had a fifth grade teacher, Miss Payne that kind of changed my life and I just, oh. I wanted to be like her. So I decided in fifth grade that I wanted to be a teacher. And then I realized I'm going to go, I need to go to college, <laughs> you know, and no one in my, I was the first child to go to college in my whole extended family. Okay. So anyway, I went to the guidance counselor and she helped me realize that Mars Hill college above Asheville had a year internship which was, they don't have the program anymore, but it was amazing. I went to Marshall College, and they had a year internship in Greensboro. So my third year in college, I got to come back to Greensboro, and I student taught for a whole year. Wow. So I was there on day one till the, till the year ended. That is That's pretty good. unusual. It was yeah, a they... very unusual program. They don't have it anymore. I think it must have been some pilot thing, but I was just in the right place at the right time, and I was from Greensboro. So it was crazy That's perfect. the way it all evolved for me. I just knew that I was supposed to be a teacher, you know, because yeah. like, I'd wanted to be since I was in fifth grade. So um, anyway, I went to Mars Hill and did the internship and I got a job 
right out of the chute at that school where I student taught. So nice. I student taught there and then got a teaching job. I was there like three years in Greensboro. And then we they must have been impressed with your work. Well, I don't <laughs> It's hard for me to, you know. They, they were. They were impressed with your work. They were impressed, definitely. Yes. Yeah, and I always felt like some of it was because of the relationship that I had with kids. Yeah. Like classroom management was kind of not, it's really hard for me to brag, but classroom management was kind of one of my things that I felt like I got this. I understand yeah. this. I was kind of, I felt like I was good at it. And because of the management, I got a lot done. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I remember my principal coming in that they gave me lunch duty. Now, I remember the principal when I was student teaching came in one day and said, you got every one of these kids under your thumb, and there's like 200 kids in here. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, and I thought, oh, I hope I'm scoring some points. I need a job. <laughs> so so tell me job about the classroom. I was, I was going to say, tell me more about your classroom management strategies. Like you said, that was just something that you it was a strength of yours. I want to hear more because we have teachers struggling in that area. We also have been doing classroom management workshops. So we're so excited to get to hear some of your strategies that worked for you. Well, part of it, I think, was a calm voice and just very matter of fact. No means no. We're not going to do that. You know, just, I don't know. I would go over to the lunchroom and turn the lights out. Uh -huh. I would turn out the lights, and I'd just say very calmly, guys, we're trying to eat. You're going to run out of time if you talk the whole time. You know, eat your lunch. Use your, your voices should be on one or two. And I, I would just kind of say, I don't expect you not to talk, because I yeah. talk when I eat with my, I think I was always trying to show my kids that I do the same thing. When I eat with someone, I want to talk too. Yeah. But I got to eat my food because you're going out to read. I would kind of give them the backstory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that built a relationship with them. Same thing in the classroom. You know, what I would when I was teaching something, and I would say, kind of give the backstory. This is why we're going to learn this. And it might not be your favorite thing right now, but you're going to need this when you go to the grocery store. And you, they say, like in math or something. Yeah. But. I think just talking to kids and being relational, getting down on their level. And, and then I'd I turn the light back on and it would be calm for a while. And it's like they kind of <laughs> got it, you know. Yeah. They wanted to please, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, I feel like you came at it in such a humanistic approach like you weren't coming in there to be big authoritarian nice. you know teacher and try to be the one in control and the one in charge you were approaching them like they were the humans that they are and being like hey if you don't eat your lunch you're going to run out of time and then there'll be no right. more time for lunch like you're just talking about the natural consequences right. of their behavior and so i mean i yes i can imagine a second grader feeling like wow she is respecting me. She's treating, yeah. she's not just trying to control me. She's, yeah, you know. like you can't talk. Voice level on zero. I don't get yeah. that. Like when it's yes. lunchtime, I'm like, really, guys? Voice level on zero? <laughs> this is their favorite time when you ask an eight year old, what do you love about school? Recess and lunch. Yes. You know, yeah. That's what they, because it's, <laughs> it's social. They want to be together and talk and relax and have fun. I get it. And I would say that. I get that you want to talk. 
-hmm. we're getting ready to go outside and you're going to get to run and romp, but you need some energy and you're going to be working later and you need some, your brain needs some food. I mean, I was saying this in 1978. Wow. You know, when I, so, and I say it now, I, I think I told you that I'm back teaching. Oh yeah. Tell us all that. I'm back teaching three days a week for Guilford County schools because they got this amazing grant during COVID and they have started a tutoring department in the whole school system. They're the only school system in North Carolina. They're actually even being observed by Brown University and wow. several other universities are looking at it because usually tutoring is up to, you know, private or they have parent volunteers, but these are actually paid positions. So I go in three days a week and I'm working with the bottom 20%. Okay. And it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's amazing. And we're doing a lot of the science of reading. Um, but it's uh, that's what we're doing. All these kids that, you know, uh, got missed and some of them can't write. It's just, I mean, I've got fourth graders that are on a second grade level. Mm -hmm. But it's so impactful because it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's going to be all year. Wow. So we're seeing pretty amazing results from it. And, and how and does... How, how did this work as far as like uh, just logistics wise? Is it at lunch or is it after school? And how no, are the kids? No, I'm there kids? all day. I, I clock in it from eight to two. Oh, oh wow. Okay. And I have a little cubby in the hallway and the mm -hmm. kids are tested. I mean, because of all the testing, you know how that is. We yeah. know who the bottom 20, if they didn't pass their end of the year testing right. and they just got through with some new testing. So we'll look at all that, but it's the kids who don't, who didn't pass grade yeah. level? Did, so didn't it's make a, the mark. It's a pullout program, then, yeah. It's a pullout program. What we do is in Gilbert County Schools, they have what's called um, they have the what's called rhyme time. Oh gosh, don't tell me what that stands for. I mean, don't <laughs> ask me because I I'd have to get my notes. But it's an acronym for it's their review time. Okay. It's when it's a time in their day, an hour in their day, when they're pulling small groups and helping students. Yeah. Um, what we call tier two, they're helping students because I'm working with what's called tier three. Yeah. Tier two is when you're kind of, you're low, but you're, you can stay in the classroom kind of, you don't need that much extra help. But anyway, they have this time in their schedule, right? Time. So we pull them. So we're not really pulling, we're doing what the teacher would do anyway. Yeah. But they're in a more, they're in a smaller group and we're really targeting we have the data to show what skill do you need. You need vowel pairs. Okay, we're going to, that's what we'll, you need fluency. You don't have enough yeah. phonemic awareness. You know, so we're really zeroing in. That's it's, nice. it's cool. I'm impressed with it. I, I guess they've invested the money, the grant they got, So, because I'm worried they'll run out of their money. Because we right. have like 600 tutors in Guilford County Schools. It goes all the way to high school. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, and it's every school. Like, I, I got to pick the school where I wanted to work. I'm working at Jefferson Elementary, which is real close to my house. Yeah. But I'm just having a ball because I'm there three days a week, 8 to 2. I come home and it's, oh, my gosh. Boy, I'm really <laughs> into my relationship now. That's you know, true. First thing I say, did you have some breakfast? Because I got some pretzels on my card if you're hungry. Because I'm working nice. with a lot of kids who don't even, I mean, they're eating breakfast at school. And mm -hmm. that's just, their relationship is everything. I just yeah. feel that way. And so that's, is this the first year of this program? Uh, last year was the first last year. Last year was the first year. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
it might have been, I want to say it might have been even before that, but I got in last year, but no, this year it's really, I feel like it's really getting some oil to the wheels because it seems to be really, and it's more organized on different campuses. On our campus, it's really organized. Mm -hmm. So, it, I mean, I feel like, I just really feel like we're making a difference. And we see it in their test scores. We see it, their fluency, their words per minute. We can yeah. see it. You know, I had a little fifth grade boy last year that I just, I was so worried about him because he's going to middle school. I'm like, this is our last opportunity, guys. This kid went through COVID. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I'm glad you're drinking your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> well, we may be reading about this study uh, in a year or two. Yeah. It That's true. Like, you know, if, if Brown yeah, is Gilford involved. County schools. Yeah. Because yeah. they're the only, I mean, they literally have a tutoring department. They have mm -hmm. people over it, and we get paid well. And you can yeah. be a graduate school at in a university. You can be a community person, or you can... Mm -hmm. Retired, that's what I, you know, retired teacher. You yeah. have different levels where your pay is based on your experience like how much experience you have. I mean, I'm coming out of the right. classroom, so it's nice because I kind of jumped right in and know what I feel really good about. Te that's what I want to do is just teach yeah. reading. Right. You know, so. That's and I thing, would assume getting the community is part of it, too. Get, getting the community and the school system. I mean, there's got to be payoffs for that, too of, you know, everyone just being together, seeing what's actually happening in the school, being a part of that. I mean, that's yeah. got to be a cool thing also. Yeah, the kids love it. We had a guy last year, he's not there this year, but he was a graduate of UNCG, and he was taking a gap year because he wanted to go to law school. And he came, and he was a tutor. He was amazing. The kids yeah. adored him. Mr. Corey, nice. they couldn't wait, and he just connected with the kids, and he didn't even have... An education background, but I mean, we have enough material. You know how all the material is so scripted now, too. So mm -hmm. we have enough material that even if you're not a teacher, you can, if you're bent towards it, you can get it. You know, you're good mm -hmm. at it. And so much of his thing was relationship. That's what I really observed about Corey was that, you know what, this is, the kids loved him because he cared mm -hmm. about them and then they wanted to learn. Makes all I the just difference. think that's key. Like you said, I think when teachers come in, they want to be all, I'm in charge of you, it's all. Kids just, they need love. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like loving and learning go together, and I, I don't think there's anything cheesy or, you know, about that. No, right. it's so true. <laughs> it's just, you know, people say, oh, because when we have meetings and talking, I'm talking a lot about mental health. I'm really concerned about it. That's one reason I love what y'all are doing because I'm really concerned about, you know, what COVID, the mental health issues. And I just feel like it goes so much with their learning, mm -hmm. you know, their home life and what they don't have and what they are enduring. And I just feel like mm -hmm. it's so connected to why they're not learning to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just yeah, trying they're not, to raise the, excuse me. Well, well, they're not little robots. And uh, I think I think they get treated as widgets sometimes in just the, the discourse about education and what it is. They are little human beings that are bringing in all of the stuff that happens at home or, you know, maybe they're hungry or they're, they're fearful and they bring that to the classroom. And if you don't acknowledge that and work through that, you're not going to teach them. And it's not the fault of the of 
education. It's just, it's really difficult. And the kids have, a lot of kids have uh, barriers built up because their life sucks. You know, <laughs> they're going through some really traumatic stuff. And to have somebody who is an adult uh, just to pay attention and see them and, and invest in them is, is pivotal. I actually had dinner with some friends the other night and um, one, one of my friends, and I had no idea about this, but he talked about his neighbor who you know, would shoot baskets with him and talk about his day and stuff like that. And he, he just, it, it really, you could just tell, you know, as a, as a 15, 16, 17 year old kid, he needed that and it was just moving and he is a teacher now, and it's uh, we talked about how pivotal that relationship is. An adult, uh, someone with authority uh, and presence, uh, advocating for a student, you know, in whatever way, is just super powerful. So, yeah, kids are not just you, you just don't just plug them in and they operate. <laughs> you know, one, that's not how it works. One way to teach something just doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, it's not like a formula where you can, I mean, you know the basics, but there's not one formula for everybody. It's mm -hmm. just you have to get to know a kid before you can reach them to move. Yeah. And that's the first thing I do when I sit down, you know, how was your morning? Well, what did you have for breakfast? Well, you know, did you get to read last night? I mean, before I jump into my lesson, mm -hmm. just kind of diffuse the whole just what's going on in life kind of thing. Let's check yeah. up, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll say, well, let's get at it because we got some stuff to do today. Uh -huh. That kind of, <laughs> and it just, I don't know. I just feel like it's, I just feel like new teachers need to need more of this because I see it. I observe young teachers who, I can see some of it, how they're not, they're missing that part. They're really uh -huh. good at uh, the way things look and that they can deliver the, the system of right now, but the relational is crucial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's hard coming into the profession, you know, knowing how much to, you know, stay completely focused on your lesson plans, go by the curriculum, by the book, you know, every single day, and how much to kind of like dive into what's happening in your classroom. If, if a kid's having a issue or if there's, you know, something happening in your classroom, sometimes like to have the, inst you know, the instinct to be like, okay, I'm going to put my lessons aside for a moment so that we as a classroom or we, you know, me and this kid individually, so we can focus on this. So we can talk about this. This is a human moment that we right. could all potentially learn here. And That's so true. that would be, it's hard. I, Cause I think in my early years of teaching, I, took a lot of those human moments and I kept having to be like, focus on, like, go back to your work, make sure you're getting everything done. And as I kept, as I kept teaching, I was able to balance that a lot more and use my lesson as a framework to like, this is how I construct my day, knowing that throughout the day, I also will be taking like little breaks to do the human work of teaching too. No, I think that's exactly right. And I, I can know when you're new and young, you know, you, you're, and they have so much. I mean, I don't know that I could go back into the regular classroom now because of the accountability. That it's unbelievable oh, yeah. to me what those teachers have to do with all the just. They're so accountable now about which is good, but mm 
but they have a lot on their plate. Yeah. So I can see and a lot to teach in a short amount of time. And I think I can see where they would think, oh, I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But, you know, a 30-minute a, a family meeting in the classroom mm -hmm. is worth a lot down the road. I mean, it's going to help you hold them. Yes, it's the benefit is going to be, in, like you say, if you take that human time and just set aside, it's going to really pay off down the road to me. And that's just mm -hmm. kind of what I, I feel like. That's why it's so important. Yeah. And if you build that, I feel like your individual students can will feel like they can come to you. Like the little, the girl, she's not little, but the girl that's taught 10 years now, her parents were going through a divorce when she was in second grade. And she was devastated. And every single day, almost at recess, she would she sat by me and we talked because I, I'm a I come out of divorce as a child, mm -hmm. and she just and I would say, basically just listen and say, well, how do you feel? Or I bet you're afraid. You know, I bet you're sad, aren't you? Just kind of letting her. <clears throat> I didn't really have a lot of advice. But I think if you take those human moments, then when your kids are going through something. They're going to say, oh, I can tell Miss Swan that I didn't get to have any breakfast. Or I can tell Miss Swan, my parents, this is really hard for me, and I, need, I don't understand it. I need to hear it again. you got to create that where they feel safe and comfortable yeah, and valued if they make mistakes or don't get it. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing. You know, when you say classroom management, I would say to my kids, this was really hard for me when I was in school. If anybody else needs to, you need to hear it five times. I'll tell it to you five times. <laughs> Just kind of diffusing that, because yeah. Well, the discipline problem in in the classroom is usually the one that feels like they're not going to get it anyway. You know, like I did this, I, I'll never get this, or I'm not going to invest my attention at this because it's just not important <laughs> and to be able to diffuse that and say if you don't get it the first time not a problem I didn't either you know this yeah. is just something you work through and that also teaches you know stick to grit mm -hmm. like this is a process it's not just yeah. you know do it once and you master it. it we have to work at this over and over and over again and that's just part of it you know which is a part of life as well I just think it's good for teachers to vocalize that because I think mm -hmm. as children, we assume, I think as adults, we assume a lot about children, that they're thinking that too. Oh, maybe one day. No, they're not. They're young. They've only been alive for seven years. They need to hear, this is hard. I believe in you. I know you can get this if we keep yeah. looking at it. You know, yeah. it might take 10 times on this particular subject, but we'll get it and we'll figure out a way for you to get it. Because I believe in you, and I know you can learn this. That they need to hear that kind of talk to me, yeah. and not just assume that oh, you're a bad kid. A lot of the kids are misbehaving because they are struggling, and mm -hmm. it's—I feel like that the behavior problems. Some of them are because they are hurting in some way, and it mm -hmm. comes out like that. It's a way for them to get attention, even if it's negative attention. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hearing you talk just now makes me wonder, when was school easy for you as a kid? Were you a good mm -hmm. student? Okay, that the way you're talking is why I am asking that, because it seems like you've been there. No, I've been there. I've yeah, and so how has, 
probably slightly dyslexic. I'm left-handed. Okay. Highly creative. I can do a lot. Of, like, I was the art kind of creative. I sew, I craft, I garden. Yes. I, I love to create, you know. Um, but and I, that's my fifth grade teacher recognized that. Okay. That, that she kind of set me free, and she, she was amazing. She changed my life. That one teacher, but no, I had trouble. I also had asthma, really bad. Spent the second grade under oxygen tent. This was oh, wow. like in the sixties, wow. so I was very sick as a child, and got very behind in reading, and felt very embarrassed. I don't have a math brain to this day. I'm not. I'm not tutoring math. I'm like, I'm tutoring reading all day long, even though math isn't everything. I know that. I, you know, I love math, but I'm, I don't feel like I'm gifted at helping kids get it because I still feel insecure when people start talking about math, you know, fractions and long division. I get kind of nervous even, and I'm an old lady now. <laughs> yes, but I did have a hard time because I missed a lot of school. I come out of a divorce situation. Yes, I had a lot of what I would consider and that I have an empathy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've empathy. been through the struggle. You can share the struggle with the kids. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's powerful right there. Yeah. I feel like that. And I realize everybody hasn't, but I feel like we still need to learn as teachers to give children a space to talk about what is going on, like personally, mm. not that you can be there counselor but basically you are you're everything when you're a teacher you're everything to a kid you're like their parent you're their teacher you're their counselor you're their friend you're the disciplinarian you really you have so many roles you have to play it's very demanding i get why teachers are frustrated uh, because there are there's so many roles but i just feel like the mental part of it the emotional part is so key to the learning Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of teachers are younger, or not even younger, but I mean, I talk with people over the years. I just thought, if you just love on these kids a little bit, they might get it. <laughs> if you know the way they would talk to them and talk down yeah. to them, or just, they just, yeah. The kindness, kindness is everything. Love wins. Love wins. <laughs> kindness. I like it. <laughs> most people think, oh, that's just, we got to get to business. No. Yeah. We just got to. We, they just need to sit up and learn. I'm like, guys, this is so important. You don't know kids, if that's what no, you No, you don't. That and human not. beings. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could be the difference in someone quitting school. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, mean, I even it. said that to my fifth grade boy that I had last year. I said to him, I said, you know what? You're going to finish school. You're going to go through high school, and then you're going to decide if you want to do a trade. What's a trade, Miss Juan? Oh, let me explain that to you. How you can go that route, or you can go to college if you want a job that needs a college degree. You are going to learn to read because you are going to finish school. Mm. Helping him realize that in fourth grade, fifth grade, I'm getting cold chills. I want in fifth grade, we, we're going to get you reading because this is about the rest of your life. Yeah. We, we had a conversation about him. Do you want to have a car? Did you know when you have a car, you have to get insurance? That whole backstory of yes. do you want to have a, live in an apartment or have a home one day? That yeah. kind of, would you like to go to the beach once in a while? All that is related to you learning to read. Because when you learn to read, then you're going to get to go and do whatever you want to do in the world. 
just having those conversations about why do you even learn to read? It's, I just feel like it's valuable. I hope he remembers that. I'll probably never see him again, but I hope yeah. one day he's going to hear that yeah. voice. I am not going to quit school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like teachers could be the difference in helping kids not drop out of school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we talked, you know, for the book, you told me about kids being able to, uh, learning to read so they can learn. Or, oh, I just yeah. lost it. So there, you, you say yeah, it. Yeah, read, so read, read to read, read to learn. That was my big yes. motto in my classroom. Yeah, so it and sets you free. And you are lovable free. and capable. <laughs> and that's awesome, too. But being able to read allows you to do so much other things, so many other things. Mm-hmm. And it opens up possibilities in your life. And that was, when you said that, you know, it's been a couple of years ago now, but that that was pivotal to me. Like, okay, this is the lever. This is the lever that moves so much. This one skill. And if, you know, I, I've talked to people, adults, and they're like, and I'm like, what books have you read lately? And that kind of thing. And they're like, I'm, just, I'm not much of a reader. And I'm like, well, you, you're not reading the right stuff then. Like, you know. That's exactly Every- <laughs> what I tell my children. I love that. Yeah, that's find exactly the right book, you know. You got it's like a pair of shoes. Yeah. You've got to get them on, and they got to fit just right. Whatever mm-hmm. you're interested in, whatever level is feels good to you and is easy. That is so true. Yeah, and you know, with the internet, what I noticed, you know, coming across the internet in 1994, I think, at college. What I noticed was that with the internet, you have to read to learn anything, you know, directions, uh, a, a Yelp yeah. review, all of yes. that. So I think now more than ever, uh, learning to read is a lifeline for everything, just because yeah, everything's yeah. in text form. Most things are in text form on the internet, you know? It totally is. Yeah. And you think about the opportunity now to learn more. Mm. I, I was obsessed with the encyclopedias when I was little. We had those red world books. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly where they were. I can visualize them right now. I was just the kid who would sit in the hallway at my house and look up. I love nonfiction. I love to learn. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I think about now as a kid, the opportunity they have, the stuff they can learn about because of the internet. I'm always Googling whatever I want to know about. <laughs> yeah. I yes. just love learning, you know, anything about a country or, I mean, this morning I told my husband, I hope I'm allowed to say this, but I told my husband this morning, I said, I want to learn all about the Middle East. I don't know enough. Yeah. Yeah. I care so much about what's going on. And I said, I know bits and pieces, but I want to learn about what is the so long, what happened in 1948, that kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to tell my kids, that whatever you're interested in, if you learn to read, you can go off. I'm not going to have time to teach you all this. There's right. not yeah. enough time in your life to learn everything you want to learn. You're going to be learning the rest of your life. So yeah. if you learn to read, then you read to learn. It's, I love that. Yeah. It's just that's moving. It's really important. I love that. Okay, and so you said that you have learn to read, read to learn on your classroom, and then you also had, um, you were lovable and capable. Did you say that Lovable you had a and capable, and then to have a friend be a friend. 
those were uh -huh. our three classroom mottos because you can pretty much to have a friend be a friend is pretty much the golden rule but to have a friend be a friend you can pretty much go down any rabbit hole with disrespect hurting your friend taking care of you know how you have classroom rules you can pretty much fit everything under that to have a yeah. friend be a friend well how would you be a friend if you were you know were in the classroom and you took someone's pencil or, or you're disturbing them or you're disrespecting your teacher or you're talking too much what but yeah those three things were kind of had those in huge homemade letters <laughs> yes <laughs> So the crazy. lovable and capable like that just because as yeah. a kid and I'm you know almost 40 years old and I am yeah. still trying to view myself as lovable and capable yeah. and doing all this stuff and so I just think about just speaking that life into those yeah. babies like day after day yeah. seeing those words having a teacher who's enforcing those things and who's showing you that love and proving to yourself that you're yeah. capable. I mean, that is just so powerful. It's truly like giving me chills thinking about it and how much just the social emotional awareness that you have had for so very long is really impressive and revolutionary. I just kind of always had, I mean, I had these big letters. They were, I guess they were 12 inch letters. They were black and I had a big teddy bear poster. And everywhere I taught, because I taught in Kentucky, North Carolina, Kentucky, and then to Texas. Okay. And I just, that went with me everywhere I went. The same letters, the same poster. And it yeah. was just front and center, you know, over your chalkboard or whiteboard yeah. now. It was, <laughs> I am I'm, I am lovable and capable. Or you are. You are lovable and capable. Yeah. Uh, because it, and you can just, you can go off on so many conversations about that. Yeah. Like I turn around and say, look, guys, we're going to get this. We're capable, and I love you, and I care about you, and you're going to learn this. You know, just yeah. that kind of. <sighs> that really so, sets the tone, doesn't it, for the class? It does set the tone. I just yeah. felt like that it made a difference, and that's what I'm trying to do now, three days a week. In Boy, my own Annie. little pocket in the hallway, I have a little cubby, and I've got yeah. the same words up, and I'm just saying that over and over. You're gonna, We're going to get this, you yeah. know? To any teacher uh, that is considering putting that on their wall, you better mean it. You better yes, mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you can't you, just stick it up. Yeah. And just right. empty words up there that you don't go back to. Because you're wasting no, a half an hour getting that thing up on the wall. If, if it's not in <laughs> your heart, <laughs> you just wasted no, your time. Yeah, and it's not a poster like you just hang in your room because it looks good. It's yeah. something you look at and say, "What's our, our look at our class motto. Look yeah. at one of our, you know, that's our nugget up there. We, I love you, and I love to teach, and I care about what you're learning, and you're capable. We'll find a way. We'll figure it out together. Yeah. You teach me. I mean, I would tell them, like, you have taught me. You're making me a better teacher because you're making me figure out how am I going to get him to learn, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to be patient. You're teaching me to be patient. Yeah. I just feel like that's a really big link to education that I'm not, I'm hoping in the future that the whole mental health, because to me it fits under the umbrella of mental health, Yeah. that it's going to really become more important in school systems to yeah. think about that and teacher training and 
Yes. And I do think, I know, like you said, some of it comes kind of what I went through, and some people lean towards being, I don't, I don't want to say more lovable, but their personalities are kind of, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah, yeah, it yeah. is personality. That's why I feel like some educators need help with it. Yeah. Not yeah. that they have to be like me or somebody, they'd be all squishy and warm fuzzy, but they need some strategies yeah. about yeah. how to implement love and caring in the classroom. Mm -hmm. They do. And it's not a one size fit all. Like students, no. teachers have, like you said, the, they have the personality. Some would fit right in with the, the lovable mother fit figure, you know, just the parent. Yes. Um, that wasn't me, and I couldn't fit into that. But, you know, I found a way that fit with my personality and, and how I wanted mm -hmm. to teach and that kind of stuff. Um, and someone that is more boisterous might just consume the classroom with energy, and that may fit their them, you know, really, really well. Right. So it's just not a one-size-fit-all profession. It's not. And it's very much... And it needs... It needs it's to very be much that just way finding out what works. The world is. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, it has to, it's good that we, our teachers are, we have all different personalities because that's the way human beings are. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think you're you're talking a lot about community building within the four walls of your classroom, mm -hmm. and yeah. you you are, by all accounts, a master at community building, from all mm -hmm. from everything that you've told me in this conversation and in the past. Um, and I think that that is like, how do you develop a community of trust, safety, so that you can just get started with the learning? Because mm -hmm. it, like I said, it's, they're not robots. You have to develop this safe place so that learning can occur, you know? It's, it's, uh, it's like a prerequisite, but nobody talks about it. You know, I th the only reason I've thought about it is because it comes up so many times when we talk to teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had I had different strategies. Like I had I had a marble jar. I was mm -hmm. that was a big. I had a marble jar that we filled up, and every time we filled it up, we got to have popcorn. Oh. And it was real like, oh my goodness, you need to go put six marbles in a jar. So I mean, every <laughs> day it was like yeah. it wasn't like. You know how reward systems are where you need five and you you get rewarded. It was very yeah. spontaneous. I could be in a small group and say, when we get up, I want you to put six marbles in the jar because that's amazing. It was a constant reward kind of thing. And yeah. then on Friday, we had Happy Store. We had the Happy Stick Store because I gave out popsicle sticks. Mm -hmm. Like for, I would be teaching and I'd just walk around and lay a stick down on their desk, yeah. which meant it had to do with kindness, or we'd be going down the hallway, or, or you got, you finally got this. Look at your, the way you wrote your B. You're, you got B and D. Go get five happy sticks. That kind of, then on Friday, we had a happy stick store. And the other thing that I was just trying to think of some of my classroom management things, we had that, which was a big deal. I had a big stuff, I still have him. I have George, because I've always loved Curious George. I have a big stuffed um, monkey that got to be on your desk. Like you could buy him, you could buy the rights to him to go home with you for the weekend and sit on your desk for a week. That, and he was kind of like a character in a classroom. So I think kind of creating, I'm talking elementary here. 
But I think creating something like that is sometimes helpful. Uh, the other thing was I had a chant that I did, listen up, and I would go, listen up, and the kids would go, listen up, listen up, listen up, up, up. That was just like, we said that all day. As soon as I would had anything to say, instead of raising my voice, I would just say, listen up, and then they would do the chant. And every, it would get completely quiet, and then I would say, guys, we've got about 10 minutes, so the, or whatever, whatever yeah. we were. If I needed everybody's attention, instead of yelling and going, who's taught, I mean, I, I'm just in some classrooms now, and I just, I don't say a thing because I feel like it's not my right, and I, I, I can't go there, but I, in my mind, I'm just thinking, oh, I wish I could just have 30 minutes with you, you know, yeah. to tell you about maybe a few little things you could try yeah. Because it takes a lot of energy and it's exhausting to be negative. Yeah. Yes. When you're a teacher and you're when you think about how exhausted you get saying, Who's talking? I said voice level on zero. I you know, I hear these yes. kind of things and I'm just I'm just thinking, Oh, I wish I I don't really I'm out of touch with how teachers are being trained in that way now. So I don't really know, but I see some things and I just think management is a big deal. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Yeah. And I just think there's some little strategies that you can do. We always had a morning meeting every morning. I had the, morning meetings every morning, oh, too. We always had morning meetings. We mm-hmm. always. Just, With we your kiddos, right? So all the middle school and high school teachers are like, what is that? So yeah, what, tell us what a morning, morning meeting, meeting is. Like. But see, they could have a morning. They could have a meeting. They could take two minutes, sure. of their, or one minute. They could take sixty seconds of their classroom. They don't have to come down to a circle. They right. can just call it. Okay, guys, this is our meeting. You know what? Yeah. So what what would this, that look like for you guys? Yeah, how it would look different, but it would connect the kids. The kids would respect the teacher more. They, I think, it would motivate them to say, okay, today we're going to get after this this algebra thing or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It starts everyone on the same page too. Like all you're together. This is what our day is going to start like. Yes. This is our goal. You know, we're going to be studying uh, the Holocaust today. So let's, let's, let's be curious. Let's think about what, what are we going to be thinking about the questions you have, just kind of prepping them for Mm -hmm. this is our goal today. But yeah. just connecting on a human level with yeah. just a, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, you know, in elementary school, it could get kind of, okay, guys, we got to stop talking because we got work. <laughs> yeah, one more subject. Kids are like, yeah, we can't, okay, it's time to get busy. But yeah. it could look different for every grade level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, oh, morning meeting. <laughs> it so it's like, a, con- a, it's like a check-in and... Uh, prepping them for where we're headed. Like, this is where we're yes. going today. This is how we're going to get there. Let's yeah. go. Right? Like a class connection. Yeah. You yeah. could call it. Like, like, let's connect for a few minutes before we yeah. get started on all of our, what we've got to do. Let's just, you know, how's everybody doing? Uh, yeah. If you have anything real that you need to talk to me about, or, you know, maybe we could do that later. And let's look at what we're going to be learning today. And uh, Yeah. We just talked to a teacher, Monty Syri, and he teaches high school. And he starts each morning off with his high schoolers, kind of with 
you know, a morning meeting, but that he calls them, his activity is smiles and frowns. And so he starts each class and every single kid talks about the best part of the day, the worst part of the day, or however they do it. And they also have the opportunity to pass and to skip, which he says is important. But like, that's a way of like building community and starting off on the same page in a high school classroom. So it, like you said, this, it's not just morning meetings are not just for the little ones. Like this is something that you can implement and start building that community and connection in your classroom, any grade. And any, like you can start tomorrow. You can start doing that. Yes. You can start it. Just say, guess what guys, I've got a new idea. I want to say, we're going to start doing this because I believe in it and we're family here. We're going to be together all year. Yeah. Why shouldn't we be able to share some of our, I'm mad about this, you know, or this yes. made me really happy. Even if you, in high school, you might even have to turn to somebody because you might not have the time to let everybody go around. And, but it could be the kind of thing where you turn to the three people in your little, you sit beside of and say, what made you smile? What, what are you upset about today? Mm-hmm. And then just kind of, it's a human connection. And I just feel like it makes kids say okay they they hear me they see me so now let me get my work done that kind of yeah. is connecting in a human way right right i feel like i admire that guy that's because I, I feel like so much that we think younger kids need it no high schoolers i mean look at the suicide rates since uh-huh. COVID. it's just it's an issue mental health yeah and the kids just they aren't they don't feel heard and I just, I see it. Yeah, it's I an adult it. thing yeah. too, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a human thing, I guess is what I'm saying is that really we all is. need to feel like we're valuable and capable yes. and yes. heard and seen and that kind of thing. And when you're not weird stuff starts to happen, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just the way we're built. Yeah. Yeah. The feelings that you get when you don't feel important or you feel like, Oh, I can't get this. I'm stupid. I don't, I'm never going to, you know, or you're worrying all day about what's going on at home. I mean, all that is brain research. I mean, that's all connected with how you're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so, it so much harder to learn. Yeah. yeah. When you're in that state. But I love the idea of trying to create. I mean, it's almost like it needs to be now. We say the pledge or we have morning announcements. It almost needs to be in the curriculum where you, yeah. we're going to have classroom connection time, even if it's just one minute of the day where you start yeah. your class with connecting on a human level in some way, even yeah. though that might look different based on your personality, based on what age you teach, what age you are, what feels comfortable to you. There needs to be, we need to come up with some ways to do it, to give teachers tools because yeah. it is hard for some people to figure it out. And it's also difficult for a teacher to justify to themselves the the investment you know for for an elementary teacher 30 minutes in the morning for a high school teacher a middle school teacher five to ten minutes starting the class um that was one thing we talked to to monty about is that you know there are uh, well most teachers feel like they have zero extra time they're they're slammed with whether it be you know the pre-built curriculum or grading or you know, the accountability, the paperwork that you're talking about. And yeah. to say, I'm going to carve out five minutes of every classroom, take some guts, but you have to know it's valuable, you know? And I really feel like this is a bottom up thing. Um, 
yep. superintendents, principals, I don't know that they're going to be able to connect with the value there. But teachers, yeah. they know it. They know this is they valuable. And just say, this is how it's going. This is how it's necessary. It's beneficial. Long term, it's going to uh, produce so many more better results uh, in my classroom. So it, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> this is going to happen. Mm. You know, but mm -hmm. at the yeah, permission part. The permission part, I think, is very important because a lot of teachers don't feel like they can, you know. No, they were. They do. They have too much to do. They do. Yeah. They have to. Mm -hmm. I see it in the school I'm in where I just, I don't know how you're going to get all this done. That kind of, just yeah. the feeling of, and then having a classroom with 28 kids in there. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all they have to do. But it's like you say, you think if they'll take a stand and do this piece of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. that they're going to see the learning is going to come better. Of course, yeah. you're going to have those kids who are going to always struggle in unique ways. But I just think the learning might come easier if there was that base of um, respect and love and caring and kindness. And Because there's so much brain research about what happens to your brain when you feel that way. Right. The endorphins that you... I mean, if you look at your brain and what's going on inside of your, you know, the endorphins that your body makes when you feel loved and happy and you feel like you, oh, I, I'm going to get this, you know, instead yes. of I'm never going to get this. That kind of, it's such a difference. And mm -hmm. I just think over time, and when you think about how you live with these kids all year, it's, oh it's kind of like, it's like a home. I used to tell my kids this. This is like another room in your house, guys, your classroom. Yeah. We're family. <laughs> We're going to be here all year together. Yeah. So, and even high schoolers need to hear that. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. I, I'm amazed at how teachers think once they leave fifth grade, once they leave, move from elementary school, that they're... I used to get... Well, I saw it in my own children, how when they went to middle school, how differently they were treated by the teachers. Because it's like it's time for you to grow up. We're not, we don't, we don't, we're not doing that anymore. No, we don't talk about birthdays. That just little things like that. I mean, a high school teacher could even say, "Is anybody's birthday this month?" You yeah. may have. What's wh wh why would you not say that to a sixteen-year-old? Yeah, it's important it, to them. Anybody got a birthday this week? Anybody in their family got a birthday, or anybody got something? Just that human connection. That. It just makes you want to learn, and it's just what we need this time in history, especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Think about yeah. how society is, like you were saying, with the Internet. It's just social media. We need to be doing a better job at human connection yes. because of the way the Internet, the kids, that's their social life now. Yeah, and that's weird. It is weird. It's hard for me because of my age. I'm like, guys, it's, I mean, I have grandsons. I have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old grandson, and I see them. They have this video game, and they're, all their friends are in it, and they join them, and they talk. They're having a ball, yeah. and I just, there's something sweet about it. I love it because I even know some of them. They go to church with them, and they'll be, you know, and I'll, I'll hear them, and I go, this is their so this is their fellowship. This is their social yeah. circle, even though they're not together in the room. But we've yeah. got to do a better connection at connecting with who you're in front of. Uh -huh. Well, that that's what you was know. weird to me is my son plays Xbox, and 
Yes. You know, I, I grew up on a bike riding around town with somebody, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six of us, whatever. And that's what we did. We were together with people. And when Xbox, they changed the way that they do business and they incentivized you being on your own uh, unit in your house and your friend being at their house. And yeah. they facilitated this you know, community of separation. And I was really upset, you know, because what happened was is that he would go to friends' houses and they would play on one, you know, console. And then they switched it and now they're all separate all the time. And mm -hmm. I hate that. Goodness gracious. Yeah. When you do that to a kid uh, it, when they're developing, they, they miss what we all need, which is the ability to connect with other human beings, you know? Um, so at some point in their life, they're gonna have to rehab that, and they're gonna have to build up those muscles, I would assume, unless our, our, our uh, society is going to fully remote all the time everywhere, which, <laughs> yuck. No, I feel, I feel I, I'm worried about it, because I have grandchildren now, and like you say, yeah. my boys grew up with um, Nintendo, and mm -hmm. they had their friends over, and I would yeah. make popcorn, and I'm like, yeah, y'all go in there and play for an hour, and, and think about the skills you have to, we didn't have but two controllers, and if mm -hmm. there were four of them, they had to take mm -hmm. turns, they were learning yeah. to share, they were learning to be paid, there's a lot of skills, coping, life skills, even though I didn't want them on video, I used to worry, oh my gosh, they've been playing for an hour, you know, that kind of, <laughs> but still I knew they were learning to communicate and they were learning some skills that I couldn't always teach them. And now right. when they're just isolated like that, they're just, they can just sit there for, and not have to, I don't know, I'm worried about it because I think it's really impacting society and learning. I do. It, it will, right. it will impact long-term. We're, we're gonna we have will. to all, everybody deal with it. But I think mm -hmm. one of the touchstones for community is being upheld by teachers in their classroom. Yes. You know, are, we're hanging on by a thread, people. Like community is at is at it risk, is. and the the last vestige is would be you know school, and then maybe church. Um, but yeah. where else do large groups? And well, maybe sports. You know, sporting events. But yeah. even that's kind of uh, getting bizarre as it's well. Getting, and know, church is getting like you know, there's such a disinterested in church. I mean, there's all these mm -hmm. studies now about how. There's such a disinterest in that gathering, right? But it's it's so school is just in public schools. Like, come on, guys, we got SOS. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to implement yeah. this. But I like what you said about that. Teachers have got to believe in it. The whole mm -hmm. mental health piece. Because I, just last week we were talking about this kid I've got, and they just took some testing, and I brought up. I said, well, now just sit and think how this kid that I have that's living in an apartment with eight students that gets breakfast, free lunch, free breakfast, he's living in this apartment, and then he took the very same test that, let's say, John took, that mm -hmm. parents both work, lives in a 2,500-square-foot home. I said, we've got the same test for both of these kids. You, you get my point? It's like they're yeah. both being measured. Look at the difference in this kid's home yeah. life and this kid that took this test. It's right. 
because I get I get frustrated with how well he made that on the test. That's he need you know. And then when I get one on one with them, I'm like oh you got digraphs, you got that. Let's move on because I we zeroed in and I'm just saying we take this test and we measure all these kids that have all these different emotional. They're coming from so many different kind of backgrounds. They don't have any books in their home, whatever. Or their parents aren't reading to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like teachers have got to believe that this piece is important, this mental health piece. Because yeah. when we were having this conversation, I had some colleagues that just kind of looked at me like, what planet are you on? Oh. I did. I had Some of them get it, but even as an adult, I felt like, they just, they're not connecting with how, what a big deal mental health is. This yeah. emotional human relationship. How important it is to learning. Yeah. So, it's like, we've got to be, we got to be training from the top down. Superintendents, yeah. principals, they've got to say, we're doing this, guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> That's good. That's good. I have a question for you. Yeah. If you had a student who was wanting to get into education, what would you say to them? That's a really good question. I would just say you gotta love kids. You gotta love kids. That's what I would say. And you gotta be willing to work really hard and long and not don't go into it for the. Of course, you wouldn't go into it for the money. But you gotta be okay with that. You gotta be yeah. okay with how hard the job is, and you just gotta love children. You gotta love people, and you gotta care about the all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, but I would I, I don't sugarcoat it anymore. I have kids now that uh, you know that say stuff to me. I have you know, are in touch with kid younger. My husband was a youth pastor for forty years. Yeah. So we still have a lot of kids. He just heard mm-hmm. from a family this morning whose kids dropping out of college because they're autistic. That's a whole nother thing that we're interested in. That there's no he doesn't know what to do now that he's gotten out of high school. He's not yeah. he can't he's not making it through college. What are they going to do with their son? You know that whole yeah you know all that that umbrella. But I just I usually say guys it's hard, and you're it's. That's what I would say, that it's very yeah. hard. But if I had it to do over, though, I'd do it again. I wouldn't I have would done do anything. I mean, that's exactly, it's the most rewarding job. To me, it is. Yeah. It's so yeah. rewarding to see a kid connect and learn with something. And just know that you have the opportunity to impact that person for the rest mm-hmm. of their life. You really do. Um so, yeah, I would just say, well, if you want to make a difference, but it, it's hard work, mm-hmm. but you've got to love kids. That's because good. I meet teachers to me that are in teaching that don't really like kids. And I just say, I've met some don't of you, do yes. you ever get that feeling? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I just want to go, I just want to go, dear, let yeah. me help you get another career. Because <laughs> you're, you're, to me, it's like they're, they're negative and they're exhausted and they're angry. I always think teaching would be miserable if you didn't exactly. love the kids. Like, why would you be there? Because there's just so much to do constantly. There's so, so. much. That's why I just think, you know, why would you? Yeah, you got to really love people and 
Yeah. You do. Yeah. That's probably one of my, I'm like, do you like kids? I usually say that. Do you like kids? Are you really, <laughs> are you willing to work hard? Are you willing to feel like you're never done? You know, those jobs yeah. where you go to work. Oh, I'm done for the day. I'm going home. Not in teaching. You are never done. Yeah. I mean, every day I left with a list on my, every single day I had a little post-it and I would mm -hmm. have the list of, okay, tomorrow I got to follow you. Know, just, I love to check it off, but I always yes. had it on. I do now as a tutor. I got a list laying in there in my dining room. I got to check on this for uh, Adrissa. I got to check on this for, you know, it's just, you're never done and you got to yeah. be okay with that. Because if you're the kind of person that likes to, let's wrap it up at five o'clock and go home and not have to, mm -mm. Yeah. it's the kind of job where you carry that person and you carry their needs for nine months. You do. You're in it. Mm -hmm. Blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> oh my and God. do you need to go get that? Oh, we can Sissy, hold on. I'm in my interview. It's all right. That's my sister. <laughs> oh, fun. Fun, fun, she fun. She used to come to my classroom. We have this history of how she would always fly out wherever I taught. And she would come. Oh, my gosh. The kids Aww. loved it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. She loved it. I love when I would bring, I have three sisters. And um, so throughout the year, my sisters would come and visit my classroom. And my students would meet them. And they loved it because they always wanted to get the dish on me and all of the yes. embarrassing stories and stuff. Yeah. But it was just so fun. It was fun to get to, like, introduce a bigger part of my life to my students. Yes. And, like, yes. you know, I love that. It's that it's that human connection. Yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, I would, I would, I've been known to go in first thing in the morning in morning meetings and say, guys, I got on new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just any little thing to make them feel like... <laughs> I mean, a yeah. shopping trip for a kid, you know, getting a new pair of shoes, oh, a new bike, on, or yes. just, just making you, us seem real and yeah. relating to human emotions, all that, even through high school, junior high school, that to me is just linked to your brain learning. It for is, sure. your emotions. And we're just such emotional beings. Yeah. Yes. Think about how you can be happy, mad, sad, surprised, angry, all in within two hours you can get yeah. all this emotion yeah hello there's something to this <laughs> all right before we wrap up is there anything that either of y'all want to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet no okay no. great this has been such a great conversation yeah. Pam. I, I really appreciate oh. y'all uh, reaching out to this old lady, old teacher, <laughs> because I, I love still giving back. I will give back. Even my mother now is even saying, when are you going to stop this? I'm like, I don't know. It's <laughs> in your soul. I get up, can't wait to go to school and teach kids something. Learn, yeah. learn to read, read to learn. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank well, you guys, yes. take care. Well, hold on, hold on. I have two questions I want to ask yeah. you just to wrap it up. Okay, sure. if you could go back in time and you had 60 seconds to talk to your former self before you started teaching, what are the most important things you would tell yourself? Mm. Wow. About teaching? Yeah. Well, well I guess not necessarily. <laughs> you're, ne you're never going to be done. That yes. kind of 
that was a rude awakening to me how I always, I had to let go of that, that I just can't get caught up. Because I was the kind of person that I want to get the job done. And I I had to let go of of that and relax into that. Yep, it's just going to. Gonna be this way all year. There's always gonna be some kind of in- interruption. Yes. You liken it to like a fire drill. You know how like you're in this middle of this great science experiment. Are you kidding me? You know, so uh, I think just that, and I don't really know what I would say. No, that's great. I don't regret it. I loved every. I mean, I had awful days where I'm like, why am I doing this? But <laughs> you know, then in. 20 seconds I'd say I know exactly why I'm doing this I absolutely yeah. love my job yes I just well, love trying, trying to make a difference so I think for me it was just well and I had to resolve that I never made much money uh, that, I'm just being honest like yeah. oh I know this, this day and time it's like you got to resolve that you're not it's not the kind of job where oh you're going to climb the ladder you just don't do that you're not in it for that, and you got to be okay with that to stay yeah. in it for the long term. Because I hear teachers now say, "This doesn't pay enough. Why am I doing this?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute, it's that's something good. you need to know before you even go in education. Yeah. Right. You need to be willing to accept that because yeah. it's not the kind of job where you're going to say, "Oh, and you know, I'm going to be making thirty thousand dollars more." You know, how kids or people will go into jobs and they say, "I doubled my salary. Not, yeah. not in teaching, dear." It's like, it's not going to happen, and that's, you've got to be okay with that, or you will get burned out. That's true. Okay, and then the last question is for all three of us. This does not have to be teaching related. What is anything that you are enjoying in life that you want to recommend to our listeners? It can be anything at all. I'll go first. I know fall break is coming up, and next week is my sister's fall break. She teaches in Oklahoma City. And for the first time in months and months, all four of my sisters are going to be together in the same place. And so this isn't really a recommendation. This is just so excited that we're all going to be together. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be going to the zoo. We're going to be doing bonfires, all of this fun stuff. So I guess I recommend family time because I'm so excited about my family time. I can't wait for us to all be together. That's awesome. So excited. All right. Who's next? Rick, go. Yeah. Uh, so my dad uh, taught school and, and so did my mom, but my dad was asked to come and speak at a school reunion uh, of one of his first classes. So this is Owasso High School, and he started teaching, God, late 60s, I think. Um, you know, he's 80. His students yeah. are in, in their 70s. And they asked him to come back. And so, yeah, he went. It's amazing. He went in this past weekend and he, he called me when, you know, the the next day when he got back home and he told me all about it. And it was so cool because he, he said it was like no, no time had passed. They were still the student. He was still the teacher. He was asking them about their lives and what they're doing and this and that and making fun of him, and they would make fun of him <laughs> and all that. But he he had some students come up to him and just tell him how much he meant to them and how, how he impacted their life. It was pretty freaking awesome. Just, <laughs> um, oh, that, but you don't think awesome. about that when, when, you know, when your students are 70 years old 
you know, like that's hard to imagine. But I was really, really happy for him because you don't get that as a teacher. You don't get that. I maybe hardly ever where you get that feedback at some point in your life where you get told like this was how much you meant to me, Um, you know, individually, but then also collectively, you know, he was able to be around all those kids. So anyway, that was very cool to listen to and hear the excitement in his voice. I love that. All right, Miss Pam. Wow. Well, I just went up to the Blue Ridge Mountains this weekend with two of my second cousins. Mm-hmm. And we had a ball. We were in nature. So I, w- I would probably say self-care, too, relationships. Like this morning, I text my sister, and she's my best friend. And I said, you want to go over to Delicious? It's a neat bakery here in Greensboro. I said, you want to go over there and just get a treat and coffee and sit and talk? Oh, I mean, yes. that, to me, it goes back to the relations. I just think relationships. Yes. Whatever you want to do can be together, like go get coffee, go on. I love nature. I love to go walking mm-hmm. uh, in the woods. But just, I think, the, and that it relates to your dad, too. It's yeah. it's relationships. That's really, yeah. at the end of the day, that's really, because the way the society is and the world is, I just say, like you with your sisters, make time to be together yeah. and do something that's, you know, just for yourself to help your emotions, to fill up your well, just to feel good for your soul, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, just figure out what it is that nourishes you and and makes you, um, you know, recharge. Do something to recharge yourself, whether whatever that looks like. That's good. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because I just think life is stressful. It is. Our society's gotten crazy with the internet. I mean, I love social media, but I'm just saying, sometimes I'm like, I got to get off of Instagram. It's crazy. You know? Of course. I mean, it's, yes. it's just, it is. Yep. Life is different. And you have to be intentional about being still and making time to go see somebody, planning yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So, definitely. All right. Well, Pam, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. I believe in it. Keep going for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I'm going to send you my um, address. Yes. Because I would love to see the book. Yes. I'll get you one. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Thank you. Please visit our website at relatethenneducate.com. If you'd like us to come to your school, great. Go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about. And we'd love to come meet your teachers. Also on our site, you can visit our events page. We have some excellent workshops and really cool events that we are currently planning. We cannot wait for these things. Oh, they're going to be exciting. Also, you can check out our Teacher Voices page, which is exactly what it sounds like, Teacher Voices. It's a wonderful resource of teacher stories, teacher experiences, just all you can hear Teacher Voices, and it's a great way you can connect with them. You can learn and hear from other teachers. So check out our website, relateandeducate.com. We are always looking for more teachers to talk to, and you have a story worthy of sharing. Yes, you. I'm talking to you, teacher. You may not think you do, but oh, do you? And we want to meet you. We want to talk to you on the podcast. And even if you're like, oh, I don't have anything, which I know you do, 
I know you know of a teacher who has a great story, who has great experiences and lessons that we could learn from. So you could also let us know their name, their information, and we would love to reach out to them and see if they want to be on our show. So reach out to us on our website, or you can email me at Erin, E-R-I-N, at RelateThenEducate.com, and I will get back to you. I am so excited always to meet new teachers. Have you pre-ordered your copy of the Relate Then Educate book? Because you need to. You really, really do. The Relate Then Educate book is wonderful. It is a bunch of different teacher stories. And they're getting out there. And we can't wait. So if you haven't pre-ordered your copy, you need to do it. You can pre-order it anywhere where you order you know, your books and stuff from. We will, we will release the book this summer. All right, finally, please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate Then Educate and on Twitter at Relate Then E-D-U-C and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please follow us, like us, leave a review. It helps us grow. It helps us be seen. Please do that. All right, finally, teachers, you are worthy. You are valuable and you are loved. Bye.